0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Curt Schilling Baseball Show, episode 70, uh, World Series Edition. Uh, We did our preview, and here we are on the cusp of Game 3. We are taping this uh, hours before first pitch for Game 3. Series is tied 1-1, although in an eerily similar feeling, I think Arizona feels like uh, they should be going home up 2-0. And if they don't win this series, I think they will will, uh, curse Game 1 is the reason uh bill atlas garcia uh i mean my goodness um i don't know what else to say i mean he 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 literally walks off the astros and then in game 1 of the world series uh hits a homer in his fifth straight game uh 22 rbis in the playoffs uh which is just absurd um but this was arizona's game to win or lose and neither neither starter pitched well um five innings three runs is not a good start uh definitely a loss in october um evaldi went four and two thirds gave up five on six hits, um and and hopefully i don't know if you paid attention to 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 watching them pitch but command uh evaldi uh, you i i've somebody had mentioned it might have been you bill were asking me about uh no one of my friends was asking me about of all these mechanics and and uh that start right there is one of the reasons why i've always had he's a short armor and a short armor can't command the fastball inside the strike zone on a consistent basis you can get lucky every now and then but but he's a hard thrower who scatters the ball inside the strike zone and that can be a, a challenging way to win a game in october you have um, to explain what you mean by a short armor So when I say short armor, uh, let me just try and explain it. So if you're looking at me from the third base and I'm a right-handed pitcher and I have the ball in my glove at the top of my delivery, if you look at guys who consistently command the fastball in the strike zone, they'll take their arm out and they'll be back here with their hand like this, right? The ball's down uh, and then they'll naturally evolve and turn and throw. A short armor is a guy, and they're very rare in the big leagues because it's so hard. You can't command your fastball. But if you look at so this is a this is normal, right? When you're when you're at that position, a short armor will bring a, the ball back to here and they'll turn their elbow and throw from here. And so it looks like it's actually harder for the hitter to see, right? Um, because it comes out of the jersey and you're kind of Max Scherzer's a short armor. Um in, in, in very different, but, but Evaldi is a short armor. So when you come, when you do that, you throw it and a lot of times it'll come out of your Jersey, a very tough spot to pick up. But, but as a, as a short armor, you come here and you throw and you, it, it's almost like if you're, if you've ever played darts, it's almost like having to throw a dart from the front of your chest like that. You have no ability to guide it. You're just, you're just pushing it to the plate and it's incredibly hard on your arm. That's why you've seen very few guys. Uh, Kenny Hill, a guy for the Expos, Daryl Kyle, uh, were a couple of the rare short armors that got to the big leagues. But it's it's impossible to command your fastball. You can throw strikes, and and you do, obviously, but you don't have the ability to maneuver, maneuver the ball around in the strike zone. You're just kind of letting it go. And, and, and like I said, what happens is when you're young, uh, and this is for fathers of baseball players, when you're young, if you throw a ball that's too light, you'll end up being a short armor because it's very easy to throw a ping pong ball or a wiffle ball like, Short arm. When you throw a ball that's too heavy, what you'll see is you'll see a guy that gets to the big leagues and, he, and he's a heaver. They're very rare. But a he, a guy that throws a ball too heavy when he's young will have instead of his hand being this way, his hand will be turned up because he learned how to throw a ball that was heavy and he had to support the weight of the ball. Um, so if you're teaching young kids to throw a ball, it's very important to keep the ball weight ratio to the thrower golf balls for little bait kids starting to throw. Um, and then you've, you I mean, little leaguers playing with baseballs is one of the biggest, ridiculous, most ridiculous things on the planet. Um, but that's how hit throwers evolve. And so when you watch a guy like uh, Brandon fat, who, who does command the zone and does have, uh, when you watch it, go back and look at Greg Maddox. They're just prototypical that their arms are, back and they command the ball and they throw through the zone like i said and it comes out here which can be uh much easier to pick up in a sense depending on the background just watch from home plate sometimes when you see the slow-mo from the pitcher look where the hand slot is and a lot of times when you hear hitters talk about a background they'll talk about the background behind the hand in the stands a lot a lot of uh teams will put uh, green tarps over the seats or they won't allow fans to wear white shirts at home games because it's a nightmare or they'll do the opposite hitters that are comfortable in a park that have a good hitting background will have uh dark backgrounds behind them because their pitchers throw from a certain slot. It's actually a little bit of strategy involved in it, but, but those guys tend to have trouble um, consistently. And you'll see the walk rates for guys like that are very different. Uh, strike out the walk rates. They may strike out a lot of guys, but they don't have uh, – they'll walk a lot of guys as well. But that's the difference between a short armor and a, a guy that short-arms the ball and a guy that doesn't. Um, and the guy that doesn't can command the zone. And uh, so Texas takes game one. And they take game one in a fashion that, that will be remembered for October's to come because of Corey Seager, uh, who has had a monster year, um, hits, a, hits a one-out home run after a leadoff walk, by the way. Um, you'll almost never ever see a late inning postseason rally that doesn't involve the pitchers making a mistake, whether it be a walk or a hit by pitch. Uh, and that's exactly what happens. Seawald ends up walking the leadoff hitter, and um, Seeger does what he's done all year. So they take five, um, they take game one, and they go into game two. And now, but before we get to game two, Kurt, it, the similarities to me between that game one and the game four of the 2001 World Series that someone named Kurt Schilling started in like yeah. seven innings only to see his reliever fall apart. Right. <laughs> so the the difference was it, it was one of the few times where I, I don't want to say consented because that's, too strong a word but bob renley wanted me out of there because he knew i was going to start game seven if there was a game seven and he thought it would be better to give me one less inning um and it turned out not to be because if you go back and look at that whole inning um that bk had in the eighth inning it was a rough one and it brought on the ninth in hindsight it didn't ha- I, I don't think it would have had any impact if i would have gone one more inning um, But well, again You would only throw 88 pitches at that point Right, but that was I was starting 1-4-7 and 7, Right, so yep. that was The thinking was, hey, let's get him out We got a 3-1 lead Uh, I think it was 3-1, yeah And then um He'll be fresh for game 7 And I was fresh for game 7 And I think I would have been fresh for game 7 Even if I'd gone another inning But at the time, it seemed like the prudent thing to do And, and I was a little hesitant to okay that but but it seemed like you know yeah okay i'm coming back in three days um you were hesitant and tino martinez hit a two-run bomb to tie it in three yep yep and the the worst part was if you go back and look at that game the more important thing was look at the at-bat brocious had in game four against bk and then the home run he hit in game five was because of the game four at-bat he was very comfortable at the plate against this guy. He'd gotten a couple swings. I think he hit a foul home run, actually, in game four, or hit a bomb off BK that was foul. But he was clearly that helped him for the next night when he hit the he hit the home run in the ninth off BK. Um little things like that add up. But you went into game two down one-o. Um and Merrill Kelly. Came up huge. That's the only way to put it. Gave up a run on a solo homer, which is fine. Three hits, didn't walk anybody, punched out nine. He's three and one with a 225. More importantly, he's got a 0.89 whip um, in the postseason, which is those two things go together. Um, we're seeing some records. I want to talk about them too. Catel Marte uh, broke the record, has the longest hit streak in postseason history uh, with 18 games. Jeter, Manny, Hank Bauer were at 17. <clears throat> Gabriel Marino, <clears throat> excuse me, hit his fourth home run, um, ties him behind Sandy Alomar, or ties him for second behind Sandy Alomar, who had five in 1997 for catchers. Uh, and the coolest thing to happen, probably in the postseason so far, was uh, uh, Tommy Pham was four for four, scored twice, clearly locked in and feeling it. Um, he asked to be pinch hit for in a seven to one game. Now, normally, there's a lot of Q&A around something like that happening. But he did it so teammate Jace Peterson could get his first World Series at bat. And that just reeks of awesomeness uh, in so many different ways. Um, and and the foreshadowing of Jace Peterson possibly coming up and pitch hitting late in the series and getting a game when he hit is really strong with me. Um, those things tend to not get uh, uh, those those go unnoticed until they matter. Um, but I thought that was pretty cool. And I think that that's an indicator. And basically when two teams are at this point in the season, you're going to find things about these teams that other teams don't have. And that's one of them. They're clearly both of these teams. Everybody feels like they're a team of destiny when they're in the world series, both teams feel that way. (laughs) And both fan bases feel that way as well. But, uh, the, uh, go ahead. we we kind of breezed by Merrill Kelly. He's been their best pitcher, best starter in the series. Yeah. He has four starts, Kurt, and he's given up three hits—only right. yeah. three hits in all four starts. And I think I don't think anybody's ever done that. That's crazy. Um, he yeah. and no nobody was looking at him to be the guy, no. but he's been the guy. Well, Gallon hasn't clearly no, no. Um, but Kelly and Fat are both. Here's the problem for both going both ways, right? Montgomery didn't pitch well at all. Uh four runs on nine hits over six. The Arizona offense was was on him. They had 16 hits. They only punched out twice, by the way. Um, but Martin Perez came in and 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 turned it into a route. Um but Montgomery didn't pitch well. Now so so basically you leave Texas uh one-one, so it's a best of five. And if you look at it as a best of five, it's a best of five with with the guy who if I'm Arizona, if I'm Tor Labello, I'm, I'm ecstatic because um, my second best, my 1A in the postseason is going game one, so to speak. And the Rangers have, in every sense of the word, a wild card going in game one. No one has any idea what Max Scherzer is going to show up with. He could go seven and punch out 14 and give up a hit, or he could go two and two-thirds. And I'm not sure that's the tough part, right? If he if he does either one of those bill, would you be shocked? No. Right. That's a problem. Right. If a guy going two and two thirds and giving up four runs or punching out 14 is the is the are are the guardrails for, for potential outings, um, that's a guy who hasn't found his way in October. Um, and I'm I'm gonna be very curious to see how that plays off. And I want to speak real quick to the records we're talking about, home runs and RBIs and all things that go with that. One of the things I think to remember is, and and you've seen it, you heard a lot when the uh, Astros series with Altuve and a bunch of guys setting all-time records for home runs and RBIs. These guys are playing 22, potentially 22 postseason games in the offseason, as opposed to, uh, it originally was seven because there was a league winner and you played a World Series, but it was 14 for the longest time. Right, you had two division winners and the playoffs, you had the, the the league championship and the world series. You had 14 games, these guys are playing 22, uh, up to 22, which is literally a full month's worth of games almost. And look at, I mean, we're going to end the world series in November, I think, again, for the only the second time ever. Um, when you think about uh, 2001 being the first time, and 2001 it ended November because of 9 11. Um, but Anyway, I just want to mention that it doesn't downplay what they've done. What they've done is amazing. The Marte hitting streak is amazing no matter how many postseason games you play. Um, but we've gone from 7 to 14 to 17 games. Now we're, we're at a 22-game potential schedule, which is why you're seeing these RBI records and run records and home run records uh, uh, being hit the way they are. Also, <clears throat> excuse me, I did want to – this was a great note. Bruce Bocci reached his first World Series in 1998. And I'm going to say that was with the Padres, right? Correct. Right, against the Yankees. That was the Mark Langston, uh, Tino Martinez, the Grand Slam. Yep. That should have never happened. Uh, but Bocci managing the Padres in 1998. Uh, as the, that was his first World Series. And now he's 68. In his fourth, the only other manager that was that young and that old on both ends of the spectrum was Connie Mack, which is uh, putting Boach in some pretty. And he should be. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer uh, as a human being, much less as a manager. Um, And we'll talk about managers real quick at the end of this, uh, but we'll hit that more after the series is over. Um, I still got Texas winning, although I've been in Arizona In a World Series with home field advantage, and I know I would put that ballpark uh, as loud as any ballpark ever played in. Um, Easily as loud as any ballpark ever played in uh, for Game 7 of the World Series. Uh, They know how to get loud. And uh, I can remember walking, I I don't know if I told the story, but I can remember walking across the field for Game 7 to go to the bullpen. And the way those stadiums are built, you could actually feel the floor moving uh, as I walked to the bullpen because the fans were all up and they had white pom-poms and it was like a whiteout. Um, so they'll be loud, but, you know, I still – I'm not going to come off my Texas pick, but I got to feel real good about it if I'm Arizona. Um, if, if uh, you know, Brandon Fat will be everything tonight because I always look at this – I always looked at it as, you know, it really doesn't matter how good your guy throws because you're not going to score any runs. So we just need one. And that was my October mentality. Um, and I feel like Brandon fat has got that confidence uh, regardless of how here's the key. I don't know if Zach did it, but I, I, you know, my first world series start, I did something so unconventional because I was going to be tricky. I was young. Um, I was 26, I think. Uh, yeah, I was 26. Um, and, and it was stupid of me. In hindsight, I never should have done it. Um, but I was going to be tricky instead of just pitch, and it cost us a game and cost us the World Series. I don't know if Gallon had that approach. I don't know if Kelly Kelly clearly stuck with his stuff. I don't. I don't think Brandon Fat will do that. But I got to tell you, if I'm Arizona, you know, I go up two to one. Who am I giving the ball to? I'm giving the ball to my bullpen for Game Four. That's the this whole bullpen thing to me. Is this is where it becomes? I just don't think it works, and it can, I don't think it can work. You're counting on seven guys to have good nights instead of one. So, um, and then you have you have fat lined up for a game seven, you know, and, which means I, I think I think it's going to line up if I'm not mistaken. Uh, five, six, and seven will be Gallon Kelly Fat, right? Right. So Arizona, you couldn't be in a better position, but. Brandon's got to show up tonight and then they're going to have to have their bull. Well, no, they won't need their bullpen, right? No. Yeah, they will go bull- game five, six. Yeah. Game yeah. four is going to game be a bullpen, four game is bullpen. And Texas is probably going with Haney. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, again, I just think that's a, I just don't think that plays well in October. I just don't think it plays well because of, again, you're asking four, five, six guys, seven guys. And I know it's only an inning, an inning of two thirds or a couple of hitters, but it's still asking seven guys in October. And I think that that's a a recipe for disaster. So I'm going to stick with Texas. Keep my fingers crossed for Arizona. I'm rooting for Boach, obviously, um, but I want to, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Arizona get its second world championship in any sport ever. Um, That's the only consolation for me if Texas manages to win is that. I'll still be part of the only team to ever bring a world championship in any sport to my state of Arizona. So yeah, Texas, I still have Texas. Uh, no issue with, with thinking it might go seven now, um, but I did want to touch base real quick and we'll get onto this after the world series, Bob Melvin going to the giants. Uh, there's a lot of uh, Buck show alter the angels rumor, which I love. Um, but we'll touch on those things after the World Series. We'll keep the focus on the field right now, which is where it should be. Game three tonight, uh, which means you won't see this till afterwards. I'm going to predict that FAT goes seven, shuts down Texas, uh, and Scherzer uh, has another issue and is out before the fifth. The opposite of that will be Scherzer going to go eight, punch out 16, and give up a hit, and Texas will get the FAT early and, and beat them big. It's either Texas winning big or fat winning uh, uh, convincingly and shutting down Texas. So covering all my bases right there. So we'll be back on uh, – we, we may come back in between games. If something special happens, we'll jump out, do a quick hit, and and get some stuff to you guys if it happens. Otherwise, we'll see you guys on Friday, uh, and we could have a World Series champion, uh, or we could be going to uh, Game 7. So – have a great week, guys. Uh, anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, we'd love you to go to Outkick, uh, pick us up, catch us, and uh, spread the word. So, have a good week.